I'm Letha. And we are kicking off season two of our favorite karate show after what feels like lifetimes away. It's true. A lot has happened to us since we finished season one and watched Karate Kid part one. And basically... Right. We had to do a hard reset. Yeah. We had to get back to basics. Mm-hmm. We had to look inside ourselves. We had to put our white belts back on and start fresh as exactly. Johnny students have to do right. in this episode. It was... I mean, just... Listeners, listener, just to give you the emotional weight behind this moment, all of the things that have happened to us include a Halloween party where we dressed as, yes, Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso. And will you see physical evidence of this? Maybe. Only if you follow Uh, us on Twitter. Maybe. Uh, Because I am sitting in one gigantic oversized gi courtesy of amazon Mm -hmm. also sub note she hasn't taken it off don't buy your geese on amazon no it's true see um nina was daniel i was johnny and like we both ordered geese on amazon my black gee was so enormous that i just did not wear it i stuck my cobra kai patch just on a regular black shirt um and actually you ended up doing pretty much the same i went through like 19 costume changes trying to make this big canvas tent work and now i look like a cross between a scientist and a chef and a I'd chef say. yeah yeah but the headbands worked for us right that's what's and i'm important. trying to figure out when i can wear this headband i, I mean we should really just wear them Fuck when it, we i'm wearing it to the gym tomorrow hell yeah i mean think of like the respectful looks you'll get with daniel larusso's sunrise i mean i headband will get there. looks will they be respectful eh. not even a little bit no but I'll do it. I will do it. <laughs> I will wear this to my weight training class tomorrow. I mean, and report back. You know what? Kudos to you. But as a badass Cobra Kai myself, I don't do that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're back to let the posturing about her badassery. It's true. Um, so nothing is really Pussies. changed. Sorry. Um, we're back. Yes. We're back. Yes. Um... So the IMDb synopsis is, in the aftermath of Cobra Kai's win at the under-18 All-Valley Karate Championship, Johnny questions his dojo's philosophy and deals with a figure from his past. Daniel searches for the right way to respond to Cobra Kai's dominance. How do you feel about that synopsis? Well, I like that it tries to hide the ball a little bit, like he deals with a figure from his past. I mean, We know what figure it is! It, that's exactly how season one ended, which is... You might recall it ended with uh, Johnny coming back to his dojo and finding Crease standing in the window in this really ominous pose um, with a cigar, you know. So it opens exactly at that scene with Crease standing there posing ominously. And all of my like latent Crease love just came bursting to the surface where I was like, I love his claymation face. He I does love have a claymation he face. He does. Um... I, I just, yeah, he... He's so cheesy, I love it. Is so cheesy, it's true. Like, he was, he's like a creature born of several action movies, you know? It's <laughs> it's quite amazing. I know, and, and he doesn't talk quite like a normal human being. He talks entirely in, like, uh, profound, kind of, like, Shakespearean... Weird Cobra sound Kai bites, knowledge, I'd right? say. And, Cobra and, Kai's back where it belongs, and then Johnny responds with, I thought you were dead... <laughs> He's like, a lot of people thought that. Yeah. Because uh, I, I can't remember which movie this feature's in, but he did fake his own death at some point, right? That's true, yeah. but we we don't know that. I mean, I don't know if it gets brought up in the second Karate Kid movie or perhaps the third. I don't even know if yeah. Chris made an appearance in that. We're going to have to like read up yeah. our lore, and of course, eventually we will review the second and third movies, just like we did the first, but... My point is is that, yeah, Carice is like a big weirdo who says weird shit like that. Um, I'd also like to point out, my first observation is that 
he comes back and he's like, Cobra Kai is back on top where it belongs. And I was like, how does Chris know that? Like, it just oh, happened. Does he Kreese have a Google alert been... or something? What? Chris? <laughs> yes. I do believe Chris has a Google alert, Google alert, and he probably subscribes to all 7,000 karate magazines that are in the valley. But out it of the valley. just happened. But like, he's probably been living, let's see, where do you think Chris has been living? Under a bridge? Right, but in what country? Well, he does bring up, like, Venezuela a lot. I don't right, know. Right, and Panama. Right. <laughs> Panama. Okay, so Chris has been living under in a, a bridge, bridge in South in America. Panama. And somehow he just knows. I think Cobra Kai just won a tournament. Right. He spends his money on cigars and karate magazines, and that's how he knows where and when to be. He, he's been waiting for this a long time. How long has he been standing there with a cigar in that dojo? Like, I mean, so he was walking out to his car? Is that his car, or did he just walk there? I have so many questions. You're right. I mean, all of this is very strange. He just kind of magically appears. And, you know, immediately Johnny's, like, pretty pissed to see him. Because, uh, you know, as they get into, like, a, a pretty fierce karate fight, a mirror breaks, um, a cigar is kicked into a garbage can, and a fire starts, you know. And while Johnny has crease in a chokehold, he has a flashback to whack uh, when he was, like, a teenager and had just lost the tournament to Daniel. And, like, Kreese also had him in a chokehold and broke his trophy and was, like, yelling at him for coming in second place. So, you know, that's when Johnny, like, has this surge of, like, what am I doing? And he releases Kreese, who quickly takes a cheap shot. You know what was about that? He starts with, you broke my second place trophy, you tried to kill me. And I thought, God, are both of those things, like, on an equal platform? I know, <laughs> right? Like, one thing came first, and that was... So he broke your trophy, and then he tried to kill you. Yeah. But Johnny holds them equally, like, egregious. Sure. Um, and what... So did you expect them to rumble in this scene? I mean, not exactly. I, I was a little bit like, why are they rumbling all of a sudden? And why does Kree suddenly have superhuman strength? He does seem like... Because it's old man... Sorry, older man versus old man, right? Right. And it's true. It's like he seems to get the better of Johnny until Johnny gets him into that chokehold. And I was thinking about this. What what thing he does say is like, I taught you those moves. I know them all. So maybe it's just that he can predict everything that Johnny's going to do. Well, here's the thing. Ostensibly... I can believe that, okay, so Johnny, it, when the the season one opener has Johnny having, basically kicking ass in a parking lot, and he probably hasn't been keeping in shape or practicing karate One, he keeps in shape by working construction, and two, he kicks the ass of, like, four goobers. Like, they're four teenagers, including... Well, but construction or... It seems like he's putting up TVs. Like, I'm not saying it's not hard, I'm just saying it's not, like... I'm, you know, been <laughs> working at the... <laughs> I don't know anything about this. Obviously, talk to me, construction heads out there. And tell me how, how wrong work- she is. How much of a workout is it to be essentially a fix-it guy Plenty. or woman? Plenty. And you're putting up stuff and, you know, you're moving... I installed wood. a shelf once and I was covered in sweat, okay? Covered in it. Wow. Okay, so we have... <laughs> Do you want to elaborate about this no, beautiful, sweaty story of yours? <laughs> Putting up a shelf? Whatever. Anyway, I'm just saying... Write in. This Listeners, is... if you two have sweat dripping down your face as you put up a shelf, write in. We want to know. I want to hear about it, yes. Yeah. I want to hear that Nina's wrong is underestimating how well you can keep in shape, even when you're not running a karate Bullshit. dojo. Bullshit. Would it even translate? Would you still know the karate moves? It's not, I mean, it's not it's Miyagi like dojo. It's like riding not, a bicycle. It's not like the hanging of the shelf is is equivalent to a karate move, you know? 
I, I just... Anyway. The point, if there is a point, is that, yes, I do think it's weird that Kreese, who's even older and was not working in construction... But he was doing all sorts of shady shit in Afghanistan so he and Panama. Says. Yeah. Later in the season, no, I, there's I mean, a little bit of a cause to doubt his claims, but... Um, no. I. Yeah. Okay, let's, whatever. Let's do the storyline by storyline, because I want to skip ahead to the next crease scene. Uh, I do, okay, I do. Okay, let's um, go. So, like, you know, Johnny's, the like, diner. clearly not happy to see him, but yeah, so he gives Johnny this shady-ass phone call. Again, how does he have Johnny's phone number? <laughs> but he says, you know, meet me at the diner tomorrow, 8 a.m., um, and then hangs up dramatically. Phone? I just gotta get... No, no way does this man have a cell okay. phone. I mean, Johnny doesn't have a cell phone. Right, think, but that but... checks out. Right, no way Kreese does. So he meets Kreese at this diner where Kreese, like, you know... Calls so, people doll face. Yeah, sexually harasses the, the waitress a little bit and whatnot. But, you know, okay, I wrote this down because I thought it was so interesting. Kreese is like, you know, I've trained SEALs in Afghanistan. I've run strikes in Desert Storm. But now I'm ready to come back. And, like, he... Uh, he said that and he said he did it all off the books. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? Right. For And, and also it's does like, that wait. Mean like a like a paramilitary organization? That is, I think, what he's implying. But I'm like, wait, so like you did the all these, like, paramilitary strikes as a mercenary. But now, now you're ready to teach preteens karate again. Like, okay, what? So he, what? he ran death squads in, like, Guatemala. That is what and, he is claiming, yeah. yes. Yeah. And, but, you know, now he's and ready for the real out. work of his life, which is That's teaching chilling. some 10-year-old to, like, kick a board. Okay, I mean, cool. Um, way badass. And I think at this time we need to play the speech. Are you familiar with brumation? In the winter, some animals bury themselves in a hole and sleep there for months. It's called hibernation. No, that's for warm-blooded creatures. For the cold-blooded, like snakes, it's brumation. The snake buries himself in a hole. The only difference is the snake doesn't sleep. He stays awake all winter, waiting for the right moment to emerge. And that moment is now. Oh, is it? Kid. I've been all over the world. After Cobra Kai shut down, I knew I had to keep fighting to stay alive. So I re-enlisted. I ran strikes in Desert Storm. I trained SEALs in Afghanistan. All off the books. Buried. Waiting. But when I climbed out of my hole, the world wasn't the same. Our society has gotten weak. Kids today are caught up. They get trophies just for showing up. Something's got to be done. Someone's got to step in and stop the ass kissing and start the ass kicking. That's why we're here. The world needs Cobra Kai. Um. <laughs> That's Crease. That's that Kreese. is Crease. Um, okay. I am just just super excited for Kreese's arc in this season. I will say this was my favorite thing about season two. Was it really? Yes. Um, I got quite frustrated. I got a with shot it in the arm as soon as I. I was like, "Oh, how will I feel about rewatching season two again?" Because I do remember loving season one so much and and not feeling like season two quite had the same magic. No. But crease the crease element is is new and and very welcome. I have to say, I liked him in this episode. There comes this point, like when you know, uh, spoiler, crease is here like throughout the entire season, and there came a point where I'm just like. 
why is he still here? My God. But that we can get to. I mean, if we're we actually going to gonna follow the Crease storyline all the way through. So they have that encounter in the diner. And um, Johnny is pretty unequivocal about saying, okay, like, you may have taught me Cobra Kai, but Cobra Kai is going in a different direction. You have nothing to do with it. I'm a different person. And he walks away. But Crease uh, manages to crocodile tear his way back mm-hmm. into uh, Johnny's good graces in the most ridiculous scene possibly. So he like strolls into the dojo. He has his like Very end army of the episode, duffel yeah. bag, which apparently only has like one shirt and... <laughs> And the trophy that he fixed for Johnny? Yes, he somehow fixed Johnny's second place trophy. And which made me think, I asked Nina this out loud. Like, okay, wait. Like, was the trophy at the dojo and he somehow swiped it after that fight they had at the beginning? Or has he always had it? Like, has he been, like, carrying it around in, like, South America for 20 years? He's had this duffel bag with one shirt, this karate (laughs) trophy, and, like, maybe a glue gun. That he picked up, <laughs> and he's like, on "One streets. day I'll have my. I've been I've been reading these karate magazines. One day they're going to have the championship, and I'm going to need to fix this trophy, and I'm going to need to give it back to Johnny Lawrence right. to get back in his good graces." But that is what he does, and you know, he says some things that I think, and this this actually talking about this storyline flows easily into another storyline. Actually, wow, it's not like we planned this or something, but you know, when he manipulates his way back into Johnny's heart. Um, he says that he wants another chance. And that, you know, I know I was tough on you, but, like, I want to redeem myself as the guy who always rooted for you, and I just want a second chance. And I think this perfectly ties into the fact that, like, uh, the other story thread between Johnny and his son with the 90s haircut, Robbie, oh my like, God. you can tell that, like, in the episode, Johnny desperately wants a second chance. Look, and so I those wrote, are the magic words. I wrote, I blame Robbie for this. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well done. <laughs> because, yes. So the Robbie Keen storyline, unfortunately, continues, um... And it's it's weird because I feel like every time him and Daniel are on screen, it kind of sucks the energy from the episode because it's like this very emotionally resonant thing with Johnny confronting the demons from the past. And then you have, I don't know what, like Ravi and Daniel in this completely insane... Uh, I don't even know what to say. So they're essentially building a dojo yep. from scratch. And I love how Daniel is just like kind of like... Hey, guess what, kid with a broken shoulder? Why don't you do this single-handedly? Nah, he's, literally. He's, he's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's kind of brutal, I gotta say. Well, I mean, but of course they're having so many heart-to-heart conversations. Then again, all roads lead to some sort of Home Depot. Well, where... yes, that is where... Um, so because they're doing all this Miyagi-Jo fix-up... Um, that leads them to go to Home Depot to get, I don't know, some screws or something like that. And that's where they run into Johnny, who's trying to repair his dojo after that... that uh, opening Kreese. fight with Crease. Yeah. And you get this weird scene. And actually, this follows a scene where Daniel and Johnny are talking. And Dan, uh, not sorry, shit. Daniel and Robbie are talking. And Robbie says, like, this weird thing, like, because they were playing the dojo. And Robbie's like, when my dad finds out what we're up to, he's going to be really upset. He looks like he's really relishing it. And Daniel kind of looks after him with, like, a weird look, like, that's troubling, you know? Because it yeah. is. It's like, what's your deal Robbie okay but they run into uh Johnny at the Home Depot very very awkward stilted conversation and then like Daniel like fucks off to pay for something 
And then you've just got uh, Johnny and Robbie, father and son, looking at each other. And Robbie's very much like, you know, whatever. I know I'm supposed to forgive you or whatever, but, like, you told Diaz to fight me dirty. As you know, listeners, as you should know, Johnny didn't say that. Johnny didn't want Miguel to fight dirty. He just did anyways. But it doesn't... It doesn't really matter, because Robbie's just really aggrieved all the time, and then, like, he kind of stomps off, and when he sees Daniel, he's like, well, same old, same old. He cares about his rivalry with you, than, more, more about his rivalry with you than he does about me. But, like, obviously you can see Johnny trying to reach out to him. I'm not saying, look, I get it, like, clearly Johnny was not much of a father to Robbie, yeah. like, in his early life, but, like, it's obvious that Johnny really wants to be his dad now. It's within Robbie's rights to say, no, fuck you, yeah. you weren't there when I needed you. But I think it's kind of weird that he's, like, basically yeah, paints it differently. What's weird is that this episode picks up right after the championship, essentially, and or the, t- the tournament. And at the tournament, Robbie shows a bit of maturity and growth and says, you know, I'm not really going to obsess over what's happened between us and, you know, you repping Miguel and all of this stuff and he kind of walks away from it the the bigger person mm-hmm. and and it's actually at the tournament Daniel's the one who's like seems a little immature and like willing to stoke the rivalry and then like in the very next episode it picks up right afterward and it feels like they've switched places you have Daniel like I mean yes he's building up Miyagi-Do because essentially to like spite Johnny but he seems a bit calmer in this episode. Like, he's willing to put things behind him. And Robbie's kind of all over the place, which, yeah. he's a teenager. It makes sense. He's kind of up and down about his dad. But And actually, oh, can we segue now into uh, Daniel's plot? Yeah. I mean, yes, he is rebuilding Miyagi-Do. But as the IMD synopsis might imply, there's, like, there's a... He does go through, like, this kind of, like, emotional arc in the episode where, like, he starts out being, like, yeah, fuck Cobra Kai! But, like, perhaps seeing that Robbie's, like, so excited about it, he he obviously has that second glance about it. And then he talks to Sam, his daughter, who's, like, really still upset yeah, about the breakup with Miguel. Yeah, in case, listeners, you forgot who Sam is, that's his daughter. Oh, who is? Sam. She's a bit tiresome, but hey, yeah. there's, she's, she's still here. Um, and he talks to her, and it's just like, he gives her this talk about love, which is basically the gist of it is that, like, you know... You forget people that you used to obsess over when you date other people, which is fine oh, advice. I you guess. know what I wrote after that? What? I said, uh, that's his way of saying he fucked around a lot because he's like, first I met this girl, and he's talking about Judy, guys. Judy, who was his girlfriend back in Jersey before his mom made him move to California, and he was like, whatever, Judy. Then he fell in love with Allie, and clearly, I think he was alluding to a very storied romantic history before he mm-hmm. got with his current like, wife. You're going to have a million stories. Yeah, this far away, and it's, one, I was like, don't be telling your daughter this shit. Like, she doesn't need to know. Yeah, it was a little weird. Like, that, it's like, at a certain point, it's like, Daniel, no no more details, yeah. okay? Jesus. Yeah, you think the world revolves around one person <laughs> and meet someone else. Right, and right. so... But whatever, that's, like, not the part that I'm, like, this is questionable parenting. Like, there's a part where, like, he's, like, you know, uh, Sam mentions, like, yeah, I know, I mean, but, like, it's it's weird that, like, my boyfriend is part of this karate cult that's taking over the school. And Daniel's, like, well, that's why we have to fight back. That's what Miyagi-Do is about, fighting back. And she's just kind of, like, dad, like, you know, I, I don't really want to fight them. Like, her ex-boyfriend and her uh, supposed best friend are both Cobra Kai's. She's not, like... She's not. She doesn't really want to have this weird rivalry stoked, and, and I that's think because Sam is at her core not willing to fight for anything or anyone. Ooh, I yeah. Mean, I mean, harsh but true. It's it's a pointless fight, but I'm just saying this is just 
part of Sam. Like, Sam's not going to throw a punch for anybody. Oh, yeah. Like, actually, it, it was kind of weird where she was, like, talking about how this karate cult makes her mad. And then she was like, I don't want to fight them. They're my friends. So it's just like, Also, okay, we, we um, see a bit of her grief over uh, the, the breakup with Miguel. Grief, I might add, that was never a part of her love story with poor Kyler. She moved on from that right quick. Rest in peace, Asian bully Kyler. Yeah. Wherever you may be. He's probably the next town over. <laughs> Where there are no karate cults. Right. At some um, other canyon party. <laughs> Daniel, uh, Daniel's last scene, with it, which is with Robbie, that's when he kind of like, he's meditating, he's thought about it, you know, I guess he's thought about what Sam said and thought about how disturbed he is by Robbie's own zeal to like get even with his dad. And he's like, he has a speech where he says that, you know what? been thinking all about like starting this dojo to beat cobra kai but that's not right cobra kai is not the enemy they're just like us but you see they've been taught wrong so we're gonna teach them we're gonna show them a different way and as soon as i heard this i told you i had a rant about imperialism yes. coming up. i mean it's not much of a rant it's just that like i find that rhetoric very imperialist i find it like actually because everybody loves it when I nerd out about this for no reason. And also, Daniel, with his sushi-loving and right. his weird pretensions. Yeah, it's all a little bit... Well, actually, like, it goes back to something that Kreese said when he was at the diner with Johnny, where he's like, you know, kids today, they're all, like, coddled. They get trophies for just showing up. Cobra Kai exists to show them a different way. And it's like, I get it. Like, we're, we're juxtaposing these two philosophies, and they're each kind of eager to show each other a different way. Yes. And I like, mean, I really love... Uh, yes, now I see the the, the metaphor for right. U.S. imperialism all over right. this. Right. He was in Nicaragua Whoa. and Panama and fucking up maybe, their government. Maybe. I'm just going to pose a question or a hypothetical. Maybe, as Fleetwood Mac says, we should go our own ways. Oh, shit. I mean, the song is you should go nah, your no, own No, 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 I get you, it. You get it. And it's like... Because it's a little bit like... Screw you, Daniel. Like, we need to show them a better way. It's like, obviously, as I made this point in season one, Cobra Kai works for some kids. It does not work for every kid. But, God, like... Why can't he just use his, like, palace to build, like, his own dojo for himself? And also Robbie, who is now, like, <laughs> his an son. appendage. His like, son. they are never not together. Yes, and you Anthony know, Robbie... LaRusso is, like... Like, uh, oh, Anthony, watch. Anthony, when he shows up... <laughs> Like for one second, like his dad is like, oh, "Hey, I wrote this down, yeah." What'd you, what'd you write? What'd you write? Um, shoot, keep fill for time. Well, Anthony's like, you know, just eating, playing video games as usual, and Daniel suggests that he dish computer camp to join the dojo, and Anthony's like, "Thanks, no thanks," because yeah, he, he knows said, when he's not wanted. He's like, "Is it still just chores, or is there any karate involved?" Um, and you wrote a valid question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so why do you think he did that? I mean, I think it was a throwaway because I think the emotional void of not having a student or regular students, I think his jealousy of Johnny having so many students now at his dojo that he's actively turning people away. Uh, so now Daniel is just recruiting. Recruiting, I mean, basically his family. Well, yeah. Plus I mean, Robbie. spoiler. Wait, no, no, it's not a spoiler. It happens in this episode. Sam joins the dojo. So now he's got two students, Robbie and Sam. Great. Yay. Um, yeah. Man. Robbie, by the way, who's like, at some point at the end, he's just like, oh, I'm sorry. Am I interrupting? It's like, Robbie, you're always here. Don't you you're live right there? outside the dojo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, so we don't love Robbie yet. 
Will Still. we ever? Uh, this, okay, I want to know, are there any Robbie fans out there? Robbie fans, write in. Tell us yeah, we're wrong. Yeah, what do you love about Robbie? Is it the hair? I put down that he looks like a young Val Kilmer. Like, like oh, what Val yeah. Kilmer would look like if he was a teen. Okay, yes. And I don't know how I feel about that. It's I just mean, kind of like a fact. It's not a plus or a minus, really. Yeah, it's a neutral commentary but, on sure. Robbie. sure, yeah. Okay. But yeah, the problem with Robbie and Sam is that they're not Miguel. They don't have the charisma of a Miguel. But that's, here's what I thought when, when they were clearly foreshadowing that Sam and Robbie might be a thing. I just thought, you know, you guys match. You're like the photo in the, that comes with the picture frame. It's like multiplying zeros. Yes, exactly. Like, sorry, Sam, you're not interesting enough for Miguel. Get Miguel another girlfriend. He actually does get another girlfriend. I know. Who well, was, well, we're not going to um, talk about that yet. But yes, I mean... I'm just saying I'm okay with him not being... This whole star card. They, didn't, they dated for like 12 seconds. Okay, when you were in high school, that is like dating for seven years. I love how in this hypothetical, we're allowed to date in high school. Cool. I mean, I've heard that when you're in high school, a relationship is much more... Whatever, shut up. We're Um, talking about things we don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Completely Uh, hypothetical. But can we touch on Miguel for a second? Because he's not in this episode a lot, but I do love him. Yes. Um, You know, uh, he's fresh off his win at the tournament. And, you know, when the Cobra Kai is having victory nachos, he's not really happy because he's still like he just realized that Sam has blocked him on Twitter he's like totally torn up about it and you can see and this is actually very comforting to me because I told you at season one finale when it seems like he's going Darth Miguel it's just hard for me to watch like this really sweet kid go full-on darkness and he's and you know this episode you can see that he's not he's still like torn up about the girl um and like uh, when he is in the dojo again, and oh, this was a great scene when Johnny um, basically calls he and Hawk up to the front of the room, and you know they're expecting to be congratulated because they're the champions, but Johnny just calls them pussies, and he's got a good speech about. Oh, let's just play it, right? He is Hawk up front. Hawk, did you attack your opponent when his back was turned? Yes, Sensei. Diaz, did you purposely attack your opponent's injury? Yes, Sensei. You think that makes you badass? What's the matter? Too tough a question? Maybe you need some help. Miss Robinson! Yes, Sensei. Two cobras are in the jungle. One kills the strongest lion. The other kills a crippled monkey. Which cobra do you want to be? The one that kills the lion, Sensei. And why is that? Because it killed a stronger animal. Correct! Cobra Kai is about being badass. And the baddest badass is the one who beats his opponent when he's at his strongest. Not when his back is turned. Not when he's injured. Is that understood? Yes, Sensei! That means no more cheating. No more fighting dirty. From here on out, those are pussy moves. And you don't want to be pussies, do you? No, No, Sensei! The karate metaphors in this episode, like... Fast and furious, right? right. They're just great. (laughs) Well, like the... Well, taking it back to Crease, because this this is a thing that I will do now. All roads lead to Crease. All roads lead to Crease. We go back to that diner scene. Like, he just... 
he sees Johnny walk in, and instead of being like, okay, I gotta strategically make small talk, he just opens with this completely insane, kara- s- deep cut karate metaphor. Right? right? And it's like, shouldn't she be well, asking him, like, how was your drive over? Anything. Do you want any coffee? I think, <laughs> I think Crease is so hardcore that, like, the, the ability to make small talk. No, nope. he left that in Panama. Okay, I want to be no like that, Nina. I want to just make Cobra references instead of actual conversation. <laughs> That's what I want to do. So circling back like a snake eating its own tail, like Ooh, yeah, right. That was yeah. good. I'm just gonna say that a lot. Like yeah, I mean you do see like Johnny's kind of like, well, he's got this whole different metaphor, which is just you know be a better snake and and defeat the lion. And like Miguel afterwards kind of comes to see him, and it's just kind of like well. You know what? What's the deal? I thought like I did what you told me to do. I showed no mercy. It was awesome, and this is a really touching scene. We were both getting all like, oh, yeah, like where Johnny's just like, I wasn't taught the difference between mercy and honor. Paid the price for it, and I want you to be better. And I think you can be better. And you know, I, I think that again, yeah. the connection with between them is like the heart of the show. And I'll say this: probably the thing that makes the second season weaker than the first season is that there is not enough of that. I mean, that's one of the yeah. things. I mean, in this episode, it felt a little overstuffed where Miguel and Johnny's storyline felt like it... An afterthought. Felt, yeah, it was like, it was trying to do too many things. And we actually, like, we get, I guess because they're setting up the first season, or sorry, the second season, you have to see a little bit of all the teens. And like, oh, I also noted, uh, Dimitri and Eli's tension Hoo-hoo. is We see the center. beginning of a fissure yeah, when so, they're eating victory nachos and like, you know... Eli makes a reference to, um, not Eli, no, shit. Dimitri. Dimitri, so sorry. He references Eli Maskovitz, now a.k.a. Hawk. Um, and Hawk has now, like, burned his old identity papers. Right. Does not want to be thought of Does not want to be anymore. reminded that once he and, and Dimitri... He's a karate bro. Totally, because like, then Dimitri just, like, says something about how, like, well, maybe I didn't contribute to this karate victory, but call it a belated victory of our computer camp victory last summer. And he was like, binary brothers, which is... It's cute. it's cute, but and the girls laugh not not ill intentionedly. Like they, but like you know, Hawk is immediately like he's become a huge karate bro and he's very insecure about his new identity. Clearly, he's, he's terrifying. Yeah, I will say I worry about him a lot. Totally. And when they um, when they're at the dojo the next day and like there's some new students who want to sign up for Cobra Kai, he harasses them. He's letting just... it all go to his head and he didn't even win. So. I know. Yeah, and it's just. Man, I mean, another thing is that, like, Hawk was, like, incredibly amusing in the first season. Less so because he's clearly a sociopath. I don't know if that's a fault of the show or just, like, that was where, you know, that's the end conclusion of this arc. Yeah, no. Well, every The logical end, right? Yeah, I mean, I suppose so. But, man, he got psycho way fast. Um, This is only the tip of the iceberg, of course. Do you think that... um... Hawk could eventually grow into a crease type or no like do you Jeez. think young crease if you can think back to like the 30s or whatever before you went to panama <laughs> before you started living under a bridge do you imagine crease is immortal i mean <laughs> i mean shit did you see the kicks he was throwing in yeah there? he got knocked to the floor he may actually in fact be immortal listeners we don't know it hasn't been confirmed that he isn't what was in that duffel bag the trophy and yeah, also the true. secret to eternal life. Um, I want I want some fan theories about how long he's been carrying that trophy, where he got that trophy from. <laughs> I if we ever make it to a comic con where they they have a Q and A, 
I don't care what other questions we have on our mind. We're not even going to ask about Anthony. I'm going to ask about that trophy. You're not going to ask about Anthony? I mean, I think we... So, it's been on my list to watch that Q&A from a Comic-Con earlier this year. But somebody did ask about Anthony. I think I did text it to you. Right. And they said that he would be... Yeah, that his character was being sort of shaped. Which, um, I think we had predicted that that Anthony would fall into Cobra Kai. Or perhaps a third dojo. Yes. I, I have a prediction, which I realize... Putting out now will spoil the season. I will wait till the end of the season to tell you my Anthony We have to prediction. wait nine episodes yep. for you to... Good. Guess we gotta keep doing this, huh? Yeah, exactly. Until we die. Um, okay, final thoughts and your rating. Oh, well, again, you're right. There's a, lot, there's a lot going on in this episode. There's a bit too much. There's a lot of fun moments, mainly because of the crease thing. And also, we love mo- mocking Miyagi-Do. Um... Final thought is, listeners, I want to share something with you guys. When when you see the first scene of Daniel and Robbie fixing up the dojo, there's some kind of innocuous 80s song playing in the background. <laughs> it is called Miyagi-Do Fix-Up, and it is the most played song on Nina's Spotify playlist. Why? Um, you will find out, because that's how we're going to play out our episode. It is the greatest song to do anything to. To fix up a dojo, to get through your work day. Uh, uh, listeners, spoiler, it's not. Um, but hey, you know, you we can judge. go our own ways. I yes. get it. Yep. Um, you can follow us at Kai underscore cast on Twitter. And also email all of your questions and fan theories at Cobra Kai's Never Dies. Ooh, and one last at thing. One last thing. Oh, what yeah. are we, do we have an out of five rating or out of four rating? It's been a while. I think, I think it's out of five. Okay, all right. I'm going to give it a 2.5. Wow, hello. Snakes hibernating, or what's the word for it? Brunating underground. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it uh, three out of five mysteriously healed karate second place trophies. Uh-huh. Very nice. Yes. All right, so, you ready? Strike first. Strike hard. No, no mercy. mercy.